0: Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode, and leave a comment down below. Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well podbean you're listening on there share around with others and follow on there as well we have twitter and we have facebook twitter it's at pigskin underscore frenzy all lowercase all i gotta do is type that bad boy in on the search engine you'll find it you'll follow and like the page there you'll get episode updates as well as news highlights and notifications from across college and nfl football Facebook, same thing. All you got to do, do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. You'll find it. You'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and notifications from across college and NFL football. Okay. Enough with, you know, the, the promotion, introduction. But uh, I get through it with it. You know, I get through with it quicker and quicker every time I do it. But um, nonetheless, College Football Day today. Uh I mean, we're all about what's May second now. So May first was yesterday, new month, and we're about three and a half months away now from the uh, opener and kickoff of college football of the 2023 season. I'm excited. I'm pretty sure everybody else is too. I mean, it's it. It's one of those things where it's you know exciting. It's like sporting. You know, sporting Christmas, almost. That's what me and my family call it. So, sporting Christmas. And it's literally like Christmas Day. You know, you're you know, excited and you're anticipating it and you're waiting for it. And then you open up a bunch of gifts, you know, and it's like you get a bunch of gifts. Like, oh, okay, we got Ohio State and Notre Dame coming up this season. We got USC and Oregon coming up this season. It's like you're opening up a bunch of presents and opening opening up a bunch of gifts, you know. Utah, Florida's coming up and Florida State LSU and, you know, just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of gifts just being unwrapped you know so that's what it's like you know it's college football it's fun there's really nothing like it uh same with nfl football but i mean college football just you know you, you feel you feel the passion you feel the energy from across you know fans you know alike and sporting fans alike so three and a half months away from that and kickoff, and what well, we're now we're just going to go over uh, the, our last bit of spring results um spring result uh spring football is kind of coming to an end and concluding uh i think the last bit of games uh featuring san jose state and uh, san diego state are may uh 5th friday so i mean school about to get out for the summer summer is about to roll around and the next thing for a big thing for college football coming up after this would be media days uh, media day starts in july for most uh july and early into august it's going to be a you know a, a it's one of those things where it's you know when summer hits it's a dry period, and we're gonna hit that dry period, you know for sure you got to get through June, you got to get through a little bit of through July, and then after July, it slowly starts coming into the fold of the way media days starts coming up, and you got you know training camp and what to expect from then, then you got predictions on the season, and you know that will all start you know come mid late July. And, you know, it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be, you know, fun and you look forward to it, but we got to get to the dry period first, the dry period of, you know, quiet a little bit on football and, you know, I'm going to help you guys. I'm going to get you through it. Don't worry. But, um, you know, it's going to be good. But spring results, we're going to go over those. We're also going to tie everything in together with some news based off the college football playoff model. Uh, Twelve teams are now, you know, into effect starting 2024 and the scheduling, you know. I'm going to talk about the model and the scheduling uh, to close everything out. So don't leave yet. Just keep on tuning into to Pigskin Frenzy YouTube Podbean and spotify uh and all other platforms for pigskin frenzy so let's kick it off with some spring football results uh we're just gonna break down three teams uh and uh let's just you know let's kick it off with texas a&m you know go to college station for a little bit go into the sec some more and you know i said i was gonna you know i said i wanted to look at you know look at you know what what's the running game going to do? What are they going to replace with a Devon A-Chain? Uh, what is the offense going to look like? And what is the defense going to look like? I said I was going to give the D- defense a pass a little bit on this, but the offense needed some work. So now, you know, we got our taste of what Texas A&M could look like in the 2023 season, and it's not bad. It's not bad. It's much improved. I will admit, I will give Jimbo Fisher, head coach of Texas A&M, football credit. It's not bad at all. I mean it looks it, it looks much improved. Do I think that they are going to be a team that probably wins the West? I mean, they're still rebuilding, so I can't say yes or no and just give them a definite answer of okay, they're going to immediately be in the title ten, you know, title picture for the SEC, but it's one of those things where they're much improved and they're going to surprise a lot of people and they're going to give their teams their best this season. So, um what I liked and here's what I here's what I didn't like. Uh, from from this i think the immaturity on some of the plays showed just a tiny bit um that's what i didn't like i think that the maturity level for this football team needs to be a little bit more you know up if you may, if that makes sense you need to be a little bit more mature um come come fall that's that's the i think one of the only things that i found from texas a&m that really that i did not you know enjoy from the spring game but you know that's not you know that's that you, you get that stuff cleaned up it's just young players coming into their own and trying to build and be mature so you know that's just one you know that's just one thing so with that being said let's get into the things I did like from Texas a and I like their running backs I, I really like their running game especially running back Ruben Owens I like Ruben Owens I think Ruben Owens looks you know I've been hyping him up for a little bit. I think he is a good replacement for Devon A. Chain, and he's going to be a star in the, in the making as a RB one for Texas A&M. And I think he's going to put, you know, a lot of people on its heels, you know, a lot of defense on its heels. Ruben Owens was pretty, pretty good, you know, in high school. And I I think that he's going to, you know, transition into college quite nicely. I think he's, you know, in my opinion, the solid choice for running back, uh, you know, the starting running back position for, you know, come come for the Aggies in the fall. Uh, I think it's a good match, uh, good, you know, good game for him. And he looked solid. He looked really, really nice. He looked well-prepared for the moment as well. So don't be surprised if he gets the starting nod come fall. It's far from official yet, you know. But, I mean, don't be surprised if he gets, you know, the RB one position to replace Devon A. Chain coming up in the fall. So, not only that, I like the quarterbacks. I you know Connor Wingman looked surprisingly well. He looked a, a little bit more developed. He's a fresh. He was a freshman last season. Now he's now a sophomore and he's coming into his own. And he he's gonna look he's gonna look solid. I think he's gonna transition a lot of it, a, a little bit better than you know last season because now he's gonna have probably potentially his first full start. Now it's a quarterback competition between him and Max Johnson. I'm going to get into that in a minute, but I like the, uh, the, you know, I like that connection that he has with his receivers, Aniah Smith, including also Evan Stewart. I think Evan Stewart looked really nice with Connor wingman. uh, And I think that connection looked really, really real. uh, it, It blended and blossomed well into the spring game. And there were some timing issues, you know, but I mean, that's ah, you know, you just got to improve. You got to practice, and you got to keep going, right? So I think that Texas A and M looked, you know, good on that end. I think some Their, you know, their offense looked much improved. I think Bobby Petrino could do wonders there for them. So I think it was, you know, you know, it was well. Um Here's what I, you know, I, I liked also. I like their defense. Their defense looks solid. I think, uh, Damani Richardson and Sam McCall and Tony Grimes are going to be, you know, a threat. And they were a threat in the spring game. So I think they're going to be a, a threat to opposing offenses in the SEC for, uh, you know, for a couple of years to come in the fall, I think they all looked well, and they played well, and they played hard, and that defense looked much improved as well. A&M, the problem with A&M is this. It's not their talent. They got the talent. It is the immaturity. That's one. And two, Uh, you just got to coach better overall. You got to coach better. You got to get, you know... You know, a hold of the right plays, and you got to adapt to today's foot brand of football. I think today's brand of football is much different than it was in 2014. That's not trying, I'm not trying to knock at Jimbo Fisher here, but you got to improve on the offensive side of the ball and you got to prove on the defensive side of the ball. You got to adjust for today's offenses on defense. However, for the offense, you got to blend in with what everybody else is doing, and that's, you know, high octane spread. RPO type offenses, quick, 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 you know, you know, quick offenses. So you got to blend in with speed, uh, agility, and you got to be a little bit athletic to play in some of these offenses nowadays. And you got to put up, you got to be willing to move the ball and put up points. And that's what all it's all about in today's college football brand of offense. Again, I would like to discuss that on one episode of pigskin frenzy, maybe next week or maybe in the future, talk about, the difference in the evolution of how offenses have evolved in, you know, college football. So it, it, it's, it's, it's really one of those things where it's, it's one of those things where it's, you know, it's, it's times have changed, right? You know, it's, you know, you're running the I formation and, and you know, it's like, okay, to back in what, what you know 2007 that will work you know the eye formation will work you know you line up in the power eye you hand the ball off or you do a little you know convert it into a little play action and throw the ball that will work and that will get you points and get you enough to win the game and defense wins championships that's still the case today you need a good solid defense however it what also you know wins championships nowadays is you got to have an offense and you got to have a quarterback pretty much and to to lead that offense. So I think A and M's offense is much improved, but you know you still got to work out some of the kinks that you know. That that happened last season, and you got to still build on that. I think the quarterback competition between Connor Wingman and Max Johnson is needed, just because Connor Wingman's you know he's just because he is a sophomore, he has a little bit more you know a little bit more experience under his belt. He hasn't played a full season yet. I think that if you do start him and he gets adjusted to a full season, he'll be you'll transition quite comfortably, and I think he is a good option for as your for your starting quarterback position. I think Max Johnson looks okay. He didn't look the best. He looked okay. I think Connor Wingman has the edge in this battle just a little bit. If you're asking me, I think who looks better right now from that spring game, I would probably say Connor Wingman over Max Johnson. But nonetheless, Texas A&M is just, you know, they're improving. They're still practicing, and they're still trying to get you know a hold of things. So, yeah, I I think A&M is going to be... A team that you got to watch out for. I think they, you know, look solid. I think they still need some work on some things, but nonetheless, I think they're much improved from last season for sure. And it shows. But yet again, let's see how it goes and transitions into fall. So moving on, let's go to Oklahoma. Oklahoma, uh, they looked really, really good. I liked uh, their defense a lot. I think their defense looked solid, it looked a lot better. I think. Like I said, the uh, the let's get to what I like, and then I'll just get back to you know what I didn't like. So what I liked is their defense. I liked you know their coverage, and the secondary looked very confident to go up against their receivers, which I loved. I love that. I like their coverage. Their zone coverage looked good. Everything looked good. It looked like a Brent Venables defense, and it looked like that Brent Venables is, is you know trying to come into his own at Oklahoma, which is really good. The defense is much improved. It was way more way more improved than last season, and their offense didn't look bad. I think their offense looked solid. I didn't think it looked great, but I think it looked solid. You know, it looked like you know Dylan Gabriel was you know you know, leading, leading the charge. Well, I think Jackson Arnold is going to be a good option for them next season after Dylan Gabriel uh, plays his final season in Oklahoma. I think Jackson Arnold, when he leads this team into the SEC next season, I think will be, you know, you know, he'll be a, the, the, in my opinion, the consensus starting quarterback for Oklahoma, their first year in the SEC. So I think that, you know, they look good there. I think the quarterback spot looks fine. I think their receivers look good, even though they're losing, you know, Marvin Mims and, you know, guys like that for, you know, you know, to the draft, Uh, they lost him to the draft, but, you know, they still got Jaleel Farouk and Drake Stoops there. And I think those are going to be some good options for Dylan Gabriel when they come, you know, play in the fall and they play in the fall and it's going to be it's going to be well. It's going to be, they're going to look really, really good, I think. And their offense looks solid. I think their defense looks solid. I think some of the, uh, one of the things I didn't like, and this is what I'm getting into. The things that I didn't like from them was, you know, the timing of just much like A&M, the timing and the miscommunication. I think that should be worked on just a tiny bit, but nonetheless, those are some small things you can clean up and, you know, work out. So, I think that they look solid. Uh, I think they look like a team that will be much improved, and a team that's gonna, you know, probably, you know, shock a little bit of people. I think that Oklahoma has a potential of going, you know, winning eight or nine games this season. And I don't think that uh, I don't think six and six is gonna cut it for them this season. I think they look solid. I think they're they're gonna be ready to go come fall, and it looks like a an eight or nine win season is in order for them, which is good. It's solid. It's not, you know. The Oklahoma standard. They want to be in the playoff every year. They want to be in the a new, a new Year's six or a playoff every year. But at the same time, it's like you know, a nine eight or nine win season. You know, trying to build everything up after you know after the Lincoln Riley departure and the overhaul of transfers that went to USC. It's one of those things that's needed. You know, it's a step you know, a stepping stone. It's okay, we weren't 6-6, and but that ain't gonna happen this year. We're gonna step, you know, and achieve just a little bit higher than we did last season. And I think that's what it's gonna be. Uh, a step in the right direction, and they're gonna achieve a little bit higher than they did last season. So Oklahoma looks solid. Uh, like I said, the miscommunication is the only thing I didn't really like from them, but they can clean that up come fall and, you know, come their season opener and getting ready for, you know, some, you know, some football in the fall. So, you know, Brent Venables looking good entering his second season for the Oklahoma Sooners. Now moving on to the last, you know, last but not least here, I'm going to go over three teams. So the last team I'm going to go over is Oregon. So moving on to Oregon, or I said I was going to talk about Oregon last week, but Oregon looks solid. I think Oregon, they played this past Saturday, and Bo Nix looked good. I think uh, some of these, you know, some of these you know younger guys stepped up, these freshmen stepped up, and some of these red shirt sophomores stepped up. I think uh you know a lot of their offense looks kind of the same as it did last season, which is good because you need to keep it the same. It looks solid. their offense was great last season. I think some of their some of their you know you know areas on defense need need to be improved, and let's just break it all down right now so here's what I liked. I liked the freshmen, I liked uh you know dante Dow- uh, dowdell from you know running back he came from mississippi in high school and he committed to oregon and went up to oregon he looked really good in the spring game he shined he sh- he, he really showed some moments there i i like bo nicks as obviously you know he's, he's the veteran i like bo nicks he led them to a you know he led oregon you know his his oregon the yellow team to a you know yeah, he's like a, a mini-comeback, if you will, to a 23-20 uh, victory over the white team. So, yeah, Oregon looked good. Um, Bo Nix looked good. I like Cole Martin. Um, and Cole Martin is the defensive back that played behind Christian Gonzalez last season. Christian Gonzalez was a threat to a many receivers last season in the Pac-12 They were wondering, okay, who do you get to replace a Christian Gonzalez? Because he was one of the best DBs in the game, in the Pac 12, much less the game uh, in college football last season. So you look and you're like, okay, uh, let's get, you know, let's look at Cole Martin. He backed him up. So here we go. Cole Martin stepped up and he did not disappoint. I think Cole Martin was waiting to get his chance and waiting, you know, waiting to, you know, pounce at the opportunity to get in, get some action and get some, get going into the game. And he hits, he, he gelled quite nicely. I think Cole Martin has the potential to be a solid defensive back for Oregon come this season, and I would probably give him the starting nod going into this season. I think he looked solid. I think he covered well and covered nicely. Um, what I liked was from their offense was the running game, and I liked how quick they are, quick they were getting the ball off. They made accurate decisions, and I really, you know, liked their offense and how it gelled. Oregon looked good on offense. The defense, I liked their secondary, and I liked their front. Their front looked nice, and it looked much improved from last season and their secondary was still solid as usual. Uh, even though Christian Gonzalez went to the NFL and he went to the new England Patriots, um, you know, Cole Martin's going to be you know lead that charge and they look good on, you know, in the secondary and as even to back. So, what I did not like was some of the, you know, you know, play in the middle. I, I think the linebacker core could be worked on just a tiny bit, you know, tiny bit up in the middle. I think some of the passes up in the middle were, you know, kind of carving that middle up in the defense. And I think that would, you know, quite, you know, just needs a little bit of, you know, tweaking up a little bit. Not too much, but a little bit of tweaking up. I think that, you know, it, you know, needs to be a tiny bit different. From, you know, last season, I think last season they had a problem with up in the middle, but however, however, they look good on defense, but they just need a little bit of, you know, work up in the middle, and I think some of that miscommunication on defense needs to be worked on as well, so those are the two things that I did not really enjoy from Oregon, but, you know, it's gonna get cleaned up nicely. It's Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning's an excellent coach for Oregon, and I'm pretty sure Oregon's gonna get that cleaned up come fall. And Oregon's gonna be a top ten team, nonetheless, coming up in college football. They look like a top ten team, as well. You know, I mean, Oklahoma looks like a top fifteen team. A and M, I really can't evaluate them yet as a you know top twenty five team yet or not. Um, it, it, you probably are. They're going to end up, you know, probably being unranked to start the season, but they could work their way up. You know, it's it's one of those things where you know you just got to see. You know, and in, you know, three and a half months, we will see. So, um, those are the last bit of results from you know spring games from uh, top college football teams. Again, spring is all about just trying to evaluate teams. If you're a fan of each of these teams and see what you can improve on coming in the fall and what you like from these teams now. And it gets, gets, gets you kind of pumped for what you want to see in the fall. Right. So, I mean, they look, you know, some of these teams, a lot of these teams look solid. A lot of them, you know, need some work, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's an exciting thing to look forward to and watch. And now that springs over. We can, you know, have a, you know, quiet period in the summer, everybody can rest and, you know, try to get ready for fall camp in about, you know, three and a half months in August. So we got media days and we got projections coming up later on in July and August. And we'll have those on and Frenzy around that time frame. But yeah, so, I mean, spring football is over and, you know, that just about does it, you know, for, you know, for spring football in general. So one last, let's move on uh, from spring football results. And let's go over to uh, just one more thing before, you know, we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Frenzy. Uh, you know, it was last week, and we were getting ready for the NFL draft, and I was so caught up in the NFL draft that I completely forgot, you know, the college football, you know, 12-team playoff schedule and model was going to be released. And I just was, oh, you know, come on, Joel, you know. You got to you. You cover both college football and NFL football. You got to like get in the know of things, man. So that was on me, but I called up. I quickly rerouted and rebounded and adjusted. And we're gonna go over these this college football twelve team model. So if you want to hop up on the graphic on the screen, we can pop it up now. So twelve team playoff model. We're gonna talk about it. It was released by Barrett Salee of CBS Sports. Go and just listen, you know, and write. He talks, he he, he reports, he writes. Go and listen to his stuff and watch him on CBS Sports. He does a great job covering college football and CBS Sports in general. So just just go and listen to him. So I'm on my phone here, and I'm on CBS, and here are the college football playoff dates and locations. So how this happens is you know normally in the in the 14 field you have you know conference championships and they happen the first week of december so the first saturday of december they happen then next week is the heisman trophy presentation then you have the holidays and it's all nice and then i don't know if you heard the clap or not but boom there you go you know we're in it you know after college after the after christmas we go straight into new year's and new year's eve that's when the semifinals happen, and then the, I think the second week of January is the College Football Playoff National Championship game, and that's the usual format for the four-team spot, and, and we're going to have that this year. Coming up for this season, Is it is the last season under the four-team uh, four playoff model, so... Um, it's it's bittersweet, but it's, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun season this year, but let's talk about the 12 team playoff model because a lot of it changed, you know, and, and as you should, you got to change a lot of it. If you're getting into, you know, a lot, you know, a lot more teams, obviously you add eight more teams into the fold, right? You add eight more and you were just, you know, you're, you're creating this big playoff field and it's, you know, one, and and this is and this is a whole different conversation, but I'll just, you know, start it up for, you know, next time. But one, it gets it's a little bit easier now to get into the playoffs. Uh, you can drop two games and afford to drop two games and let it slide, and then you're either twelve or 11, 11th seed in the in the college bowl playoff. So it's like you can easily, you know, get in now and it's a little bit easier now in the 14 playoff it's not that easy you know you gotta winning matters and and listen in the 12 team playoff it does matter if you win it does but you but you can afford to lose a couple of games um and, and still be ranked ahead of some of these other teams that have lost three or four games and it's like okay you know we tried our best, but I think you got to lose three or four games to get into that fold of okay, this guy, they're not gonna be in the college football playoff. But it's a little bit easier to get into the playoff now, just a tiny bit. I'll explain my reasoning behind that next time, but that's a whole different conversation. But uh the twelve team playoff nonetheless, the schedule was released, um, by, you know, Bill Hancock and the College Football Playoff Committee. Uh Hello, guys. How are you in Dallas? But um, nonetheless, let's just go over it now. And it's on my my phone here on my notes. And let's just talk about it. So in 2024 season of college football, that's next year, the college football playoff 12 team will be implemented. And here we go. So we're going to have the same thing. We're going to have the conference titles. As far as I know, we're gonna have the conference titles. Now, here's the thing about this with realignment and the new twelve team implement, you know implementation of the playoffs coming in, um you know, the schedule may change, you know, we're still we're the conference the big twelve uh, the big ten, and the uh, SEC is still trying to get their schedules adjusted for next year. Uh, so we don't know what's gonna happen here, but I assume that a conference championship will be played during the first week of December then we will have the Heisman Trophy ceremony and then we will get right into it the next week with football games not at not New Year's we'll, we will have New Year's Eve games but the next week is when in 2024 is when it starts so let's just go over the schedule first round of college football playoff in 12 teams so we have Friday December 20th 2024 one game will be played in the evening now in the first round off on-campus sites, right? On-campus sites, and whoever has the highest seed will be, you know, will be the home team. So whoever has the highest seed, say USC is ten, Alabama is, say seven, right? Alabama will this game will be played in Tuscaloosa. It will be the whoever has the highest seed, just like a normal playoff field playoff format. Um, and I would like to keep in mind that the four teams who have won, whoever wins a conference championship has a bye week. So I would like to point that out. Whoever has a conference title, you know, and whoever wins the championship, conference title, where you're an ACC champion and or, and or, a, you know, Big 12 champion, whoever, you are in and you get a, you get a bye. So, uh, you know, it helps out a little bit for the conference champions and, and you know, it, it gets them the advantage as they get the bye going into the quarterfinals. So, You get the quarterfinals and you get a bye, you know, if you're a conference champion, if you're a three loss ACC champion, you could potentially be into the playoffs and have a bye because you were the ACC champion, despite Alabama being a one loss team and didn't win the championship at all. So it's like, okay, you know, you get in and you're sitting there and you're like, okay, it's not really all that fair. But at the same time, they won a conference title. That's the rules. So that's how it started, and the conference champions will have a bye going into the semifinals. So quarterfinals, uh, well, uh, I completely skipped the first round. I'm sorry. So my bad. So let's go back to the you know on-campus site games. First round, on-campus sites, four, four, you know, the four conference champions get the bye week, but whoever else is in the first round and didn't win a conference champion gets to play. So Friday, December 20th, will be one game in the evening. Uh, Saturday, December 21st, as we get ready for Christmas time, three games, early afternoon, late afternoon, and evening. So we have afternoon. So what we have usually a 12 Eastern, A we will have a, you know, 3.30, and then we'll most likely we'll have a seven o'clock kickoff for those games. And let's see, that's that just about does it for the first round. They all move on. Whoever wins, whoever loses, they stay home Go or goes home. Uh, quarterfinals, uh Tuesday December 31st which is New Year's Eve on Jan- on December 31st 2024 it is the Fiesta Bowl in the evening and that's what kicks off everything for the quarterfinals you go to a bowl game now it's now it is where where the neutral sites come into play so the Fiesta Bowl in the evening then you have Wednesday New Year's Day January 1st 2025 you have the Peach Bowl early afternoon and then you have the Rose Bowl late afternoon, and then you have the Sugar Bowl in the evening. So those three games on New Year's, and those that rounds out the quarterfinals. The semifinals come into play. Then it's Thursday, January 9th, the Orange Bowl in the evening, and Friday, January 10th, 2025. By the way, guys, this is in 2025 on a cotton bowl in the evening on Friday. So Thursday, January 9th, orange bowl in the evening and then cotton bowl in the evening on Friday, January 10th. So, and then you get a break and those are the semifinals and whoever wins those two semifinals goes and plays each other in the national championship game. Monday, January 20th, 2025 Mercedes Benz stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. So, that's pretty much the format and that's not how it's going to go um, the reason why they're doing midweek is because they're going to compete with the they could probably compete potentially compete or potentially compete with the NFL playoffs the NFL playoffs has 18 weeks so keep in mind around that time frame January 9th and all that that is when January even when January 20th that's when the NFL playoffs start so a couple of weeks after the national championships over you know players who are going to be in the draft You know, that season, end up having to go to the combine like literally three weeks later and start training for the NFL. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's, you know, whoever's in the national championship game has to turn around and get prepared for football again on the professional level. So it's like a lesser offseason almost, but January 20th is a stretch. I mean, it's a lot of football, but I mean, it's a, you know, it's a stretch nonetheless. But January 20th, then a couple of weeks later, the Super Bowl happens. So for the NFL, so you're kind of competing with the playoffs just a tiny bit, but you're not directly competing with the playoffs. You're not going one-on-one head-to-head with them on a certain day where a playoff game for the NFL is happening. They're not trying to do that. It's going to be tough, but you know, you're kind of competing with the NFL, you know, with that new format. However, I mean, it's, you know, it's more teams, it's more football, but it's more opportunity for teams that, okay, feel like they have a they need a shot in, get a shot in this time. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, no more shouting, no more pouting, you know, no more crying on this, you know. If you don't get in or if you get in and prove and then try to prove yourself and then end up losing the game, you can't, you can't, you can't pout, you can't, you know stomp your feet and get upset because, you know, you got into the playoff, you know, you know, you got your chance. So everybody's going to get their fair share of chances. Only 12 teams to get in, but I think everybody's going to get their fair share of chance and it opens up more opportunity for college football in general. So, I mean, the 12 team, Play uh, twelve you know, team playoff model. It starts next season, not this season, not the twenty twenty three football season, but the twenty twenty four football season. It was released. There we go. And that is really, you know, just about everything for the college football playoff twelve team model. I'll get into more conversations about that going in. You know, going deeper in. You know, later in episodes. But uh, right now I'll just tell you about the schedule. And just telling you about, you know, how things are going to be set up and how the model works for, you know, when it's implemented in 2024. So that just about does it for everything. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Leave a like on the episode and leave a comment down below. Uh, Podbean, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Spotify, if you're listening on there, same thing. Share around with others and follow on there as well. We have Twitter and we have Facebook. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy. All lowercase. All you got to do is type that bad boy in on the search engine. You'll find it. Follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and notifications from across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is type in pigskin frenzy. Uh, You'll follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and notifications from across college and NFL football. Again, big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit, watch, and listen college football coverage, and we will be back Thursday for some NFL pigskin frenzy. We're going to be talking about some, you know, who won the draft. Uh, I know you're thinking, okay, Joel, you're talking about the draft too much now, but, you know, we're going to talk about who, you know, some moves that were made and who won the draft. A little bit more of an in-depth recap, and we're also going to be talking about the schedule release. The schedule release is the next big thing for the NFL, and I, you know, I want to have some information on that. And you're not going to want to miss it. Thursday edition of Pigskin Frenzy NFL. I'm Joel Norris signing off, and w- like once again, we will see you Thursday for an NFL edition of Pigskin Frenzy.